Hey everyone, this is a great Indian creator show and I'm your host Devi. Today we have with us Minuta Baisani, better known as Bangalore Grab Hub. And if you are in Bangalore then trust me, you definitely have seen her reels. A true lifestyle influencer, Minuta creates content across food, travel, lifestyle and fashion. Blessing our feeds with some of the best recommendations in Nama Vagaluru. Without any delay, join me in welcoming Vinita to our show. Welcome Vinita. Thank you so much Devi for such a warm welcome. You said some crazy things out there but thank you so much. It definitely made my day. Right. Good start to my evening. <laughs> Good. So how are you doing? Very well. Uh, super tired but yeah. energetic enough for the yes. podcast. By the way guys, Vinita is joining us right after her shoot. Yeah. So, yes. It's it's been quite some uh, crazy day, but yes. all set for the podcast. Yes, let's go. So to begin with, do you create content full time? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. So this is something I do purely out of fashion. Okay. Um, sorry, out of passion. Yes. Um, full time, I'm a internal auditor at a firm called VMware. Okay. I'm a senior manager there. I've been doing that full time for about ten years now. Ten years. Ten years. That's pretty long time, right? Yes. So I, I still mm-hmm. do my full-time job there and this is something I do on the side. I, I almost don't want to call it on the side because it's like know. another full-time You've job. You've been consistent here too, right? So how yeah. do you juggle between a full-time job and content creation? Oh, just work <laughs> when you are not asleep. Oh. I guess that's what I do. Right. Um, I guess sleep for 8 hours and work for 16 hours. Is the only way to go about it. Yeah. But um, I think it's a choice I made. It's Mm -hmm. very hard for me to uh, be very risky in life and give up my full time job. So I think I'm a bit of a coward there. I I think it's totally fine. Yeah. You need to have backup plans. I, I think that's my stability. Yes. And I love my job. It's not like I have a you know nine to six job that's very yes. boring. My job my career needs me to, you know, be in meetings on and off throughout the day. Okay. I have teams spread across India, UK, US reporting to me. So okay. I have meetings sort of layered throughout the day. And in between these layers go my content creation. That's great to know. Like how, like what got you interested in content creation? So it is funny, I never got into content creation, um, you know, intentionally. Okay. When I set up this account, Bangalore Grubhub, it was actually set up about four to five years ago in 2019, which was the era of pictures. There was nothing called as reels and I don't think even stories was a thing there. It was was just photographs. Instagram was very basic. Um, And I just started posting pictures there Mm -hmm. because I used to always take pictures of food I ate. I was very passionate about exploring food. I lived in Indranagar all (laughs) my life, which is the hub. And the moment you're there and you're seeing like these restaurants popping up every other week or month, you're curious to know what is this new cuisine. And um, it was a time when I think Bangalore was undergoing a food revolution of sorts, where we started welcoming other cuisines or, you know, food from other countries. And obviously, the curious side of me was like, oh, I want to go see what this tastes like and what does that look like? So I started clicking pictures everywhere I went. And I was posting it initially on my personal account. Mm -hmm. And then was like, well, wait, not everybody in the world can see this. And that's when I decided to create a different account. And 
I started posting pictures. Mm-hmm. I did not know what's a Instagram influencer. I did not know what's a blogger. Okay. I did not know there was something called content creation. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It just started off back then in 2019, right? It was yeah. Just, uh, just not Yeah. But I, I didn't know that, you know, okay. doing that would make me be a blogger. Yes. So I just used to post pictures until mm-hmm. one blogger who's my very best friend now called okay. Suraj Bangalore okay. Food Tales. Yeah said hey if you cross thousand followers mm-hmm. I could invite you to a blogger's table I'm like what's a blogger's table okay. <laughs> cool. so that's that's how I got into the world of blogging right that's lovely to know like it has been a crazy journey I mean it is yeah and a lot of things you've seen it was not planned it was not planned I think that's nice it was spontaneous way it, just not, the it was organic unintentional I think that's the best way yeah. of how you can go ahead yeah. there right so can you share any memorable or any sort of challenging experience you have gone through yeah because you're doing content creation for four years right now so any any uh, experience um actually it's crazy because i did my instagram blogging for about eight months when i set it up and i was off the grid off instagram for two and a half years okay and the biggest challenge for me being a food blogger was health Oh yes. I think um, going to a restaurant every day, exploring the food, mm-hmm. it really is not easy, mm-hmm. and it takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your health, and mm-hmm. I was not feeling happy in my own skin. Okay. And which is when I decided to stop uh, doing this. I temporarily deactivated Bangalore Grubhub oh. with with about three thousand followers. Okay. Uh, for a good two and a half years. And I reactivated it only about maybe 12 or 14 months ago. Okay. Last year. That's been a pretty crazy journey. Crazy. And when I when I reopened Bangalore Grub Hub, um, mm-hmm. I think Instagram's very good at penalizing content creators. Yes. Um, because you're an actor for that long. When I was back, what really happened for a good six months was I kept losing followers. Okay. Um, my reels were not doing great. And trust me, the way I made reels was quite horrible because I had just come back to Instagram with a ton of features I was not used to okay um but I think it was a learning process from there yeah so that's a crazy experience like you weren't there on Instagram and then you were back in it and you you reached around 75 you go reach yeah so I think that's a really beautiful journey like it's meant to be that way probably and that's why yeah I I don't think I came back intending to be like a 75k <laughs> strong account I came back just because I think a lot of people reminded me of mm-hmm. how I continue to take pictures or videos of the food I ate when I went right. to explore right. and if you today like even mm-hmm. see my personal account you will see all of the food I've eaten those two and a half years documented oh so you I, did document I did document them right. except it was on my personal account okay. so I still have like pictures and videos of it right. and, like why don't you just do it on Bangalore Grab Hub? Yes, and I think that's a very good decision yeah. that you took. Like because otherwise you would miss you. Like <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and all your followers and people who really take your suggestions and recommendations would be missing you right now because you are your recommendation is really genuine. You have tried all the shit. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming back. Oh, well, I'm glad. <laughs> I I never expected things to turn out the way right. it was. Oh, the, the entire five years has mm-hmm. been unintentional. Uh, it's been a roller coaster ride. A roller coaster ride with no goals. Like I did not mm-hmm. set foot into this going, mm-hmm. oh I wanna see like a, a lack of followers or a million of followers. Like okay. even now I don't do this okay. with a target. Right. 
It's purely um I take it by the day. Okay. And I go like hey today I want to be able to give a good recommendation. I want to be able to, you know, suggest a good place. And it's a really very good attitude. Like most of them do it for the numbers. Yeah. And they're not genuine and they mislead people most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. And that's this is the true content creation that we require and we yeah. want to right. So, Absolutely. Yes. Agree. So I'm not saying I don't care about numbers, but yes. it's definitely not my goal. It's not my priority. Right. I feel like for me that's recognition. Right. So yes. I do my duty, I do my job, I do what I'm supposed to do which is you know creating good content, giving good recommendations, right. you know getting people interested yes in the different brands that are good. Um and when the numbers are seen, yes that is encouragement. Yes. So the numbers are not a goal but it's more a reward. Probably it's just one goal post like you probably might just chase for another one. It just motivates it. you for another. That's it. Yeah. That's a very nice attitude. I'm loving it. Thank you. So, how do you maintain authenticity and credibility? Because you're a food blogger. Yeah. So, uh, you collaborate with brands and yeah. other establishments. Yeah. So, how do you maintain your authenticity? So, I think first thing for me when a brand approaches mm-hmm. me is research. Right. Um, I don't do a lot of brand new restaurants or uh, brand new places. I'm definitely not always the first person to review something. Okay. Um I usually do good enough research to look at the pictures. I know right. pictures can be deceiving, but I think when you've been in the industry for a while, mm-hmm. you're able to tell from pictures 90% is the place maintaining quality. Right. Like taste mm-hmm. is second. I think for me the first thing would be is that quality in their offering and the offering could translate to ambience it could translate to food the service the staff quality has a lot of layers so when you look at pictures when you look at reviews when you look at uh, you know say other videos made by other bloggers you could get a sense of what the place is like yes and that's it's only after that i say yes to going ahead for the review So 90 to 95% of the times I know the place is good. Okay. Now when I say good um it doesn't mean everything that comes on your table is amazing. Right? You cannot expect 100% of the dishes on 100% of the days to be 100% right. Yes. It's impossible. The humans do. <laughs> I mean they cannot keep that kind of cons- there are places that do it but it's it's realistically not possible yeah. so when i recommend a place it's based on hey at least our 70% of the dishes hitting the mark there's okay. always going to be one or two misses do i mention that on my reels no i don't because that is feedback that's given to the restaurant yes so you go like hey there were seven dishes that were brilliant but here are two dishes i think you can work on maybe the flavor you could work on the presentation or just the way it's cooked right so you really give feedback in a way they take it seriously okay i think there's a lot of importance i give to the way the feedback is messaged and right. i i i try my best to at least put it across in a way mm-hmm. that they take me seriously right <laughs> so um i think that's that's really how i feel mm-hmm. it should work I think it's a really good process because once we go, we taste the food, yeah. and we don't give them a feedback. Like, how will they get to know what people are expecting out of them? Yeah, I think that's a really nice process that you explained. Yeah, 
like a lot of people who are just starting off might please take this advice <laughs> and it's it's really a good process that you are maintaining and yeah. i think all, a lot of food bloggers out there need to start off with something like this yeah right because the because feedback is not even it helps the dirt a lot I mean, of there's, times there's no other way i feel to function in life okay. whether it's content creation whether it's mm. you know at your work mm. see your performance if your manager doesn't give you feedback how do you know what you're exactly. doing wrong exactly. right so for me feedback's very important and i have walked into a lot of places expecting it to be good right and it's been absolute crap and okay i have walked out of there letting them know i am not putting it up on instagram okay i mean my other way to go is to give them a negative review okay but i don't believe in giving negative reviews right. of late people do this a lot for right. numbers they yes. feel like giving a negative review gains the trust oh. of their followers right. or giving a negative review um, you know makes them feel authentic but i don't choose to give negative reviews on my right. instagram um because at the end of the day you have to remember the amount of effort that goes yes. into a restaurant the number of people whose livelihoods exactly. you know are dependent yes. on it um so i'd rather give a personal feedback mm-hmm. and let them know that i'm not posting it because i was not satisfied right. than go out there and you know just you know cut everything off for them i think that's a very good way of doing it to see a lot of people do it for the engagement and reach yeah. they put out negative reviews it entirely damages the restaurant absolutely and it's unbecomable right i mean it's an online platform millions of people yeah if you hit a million views and, and it could be wrong review. sometimes too yeah. it could be fake you never yeah. know you never know agree yeah <laughs> cool so how do because we spoke about all this how do you deal with hate comments so initially i think mm-hmm. uh, it was very mood based so there are obviously easier days when you're like yeah i'll just ignore it and <laughs> then there are bad days when yes. you're actually frustrated with something else and you see a negative comment that triggers you right but i think over time um, and over experience mm-hmm. of having responded to them i've realized there is no way to convince these people okay. to bring them to your side of yes. opinion Mm-hmm. they are going to stick to their narrative they're going to stick to what their opinion is okay. um so i've stopped responding to negative comments okay. i've stopped mentally reacting to it when i see a negative comment i push it aside right and it must be really hard for you to have been facing this right it like was initially at least initially it was right. initially it was pretty hard and mm-hmm. then i realized this is ground reality like I don't think there's anybody on Instagram or any social media platform who spent right. from it. Like yeah, there's no way you're going to get 100% clean shit. Right. So I think the best way is to prioritize your piece. Yes. Ignore them. Right. Just plain out ignore, ignore them. <laughs> yeah. I I respect negative comments mm-hmm. that are professional or that are conveyed probably constructive constructive. Yeah. So the moment I I think there was a recent reel of mine that was um around the uh, berliners and okay. my pronunciation on the reel was berliners which okay. is the way i heard it from the restaurant owners i heard right everybody around me call it berliners and there were a lot a lot of people in the comment section if you see like i think 90% of the comments were correcting my pronunciation okay. and i felt like that was okay i think yes. people were just trying to teach me something and mm. um the first person who pointed out i actually respected him okay. i said you know what you taught me something i didn't know um so i responded to that versus if someone had told the same thing in a very disrespectful uh, yes. disp- yeah, I, I would just ignore it yeah yeah 
It does make sense too. Yeah. Right. There is a way of saying or communicating things. Things. Right. Yeah. So if there's hate and disrespect mm-hmm. in the way it's communicated, I ignore it. If right. it's mm-hmm. constructive criticism, like you said, I'm like, yeah, why not? I mean, yes. I can be wrong too. Exactly. We are humans after all. <laughs> so can you talk about any time like when you had to step out of your comfort zone because you yeah. uh, blog in public? Yeah. And how do you deal with all of this? I feel like it almost happens every time you step into mm-hmm. a new genre or a type of content. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one such area has obviously been lifestyle. So when I started off Bangalore Grubhub, Grubhub, it was just food. Yes. Um, and, and food and travel is easy for me because I think by nature, I love them so much. Okay. I just love uh, exploring food and travel. Yes. But lifestyle was something that I've not been very good with. Okay. So that was definitely out of my comfort zone. Okay. But I wanted to do it because I felt like that was an area that would give me learning. Because yes. I don't think I was like the best. Mm-hmm. Or I am probably still not the best <laughs> when it comes to lifestyle. So for me, um, that's a challenging area. Mm-hmm. And every time, like today I put up a reel on Bath & Body Works. Mm-hmm. It's the first yes. time I think I'm doing a, a brand that is pertaining to body care. Right. That for me was out of comfort zone because okay. I don't have experience trying to promote brands like that. But it was in a sense easy because I've been using the product for okay. over like seven, eight years. Okay. So there was a sense of familiarity with the product. But the shoot was obviously out of comfort zone because okay. then you're thinking a lot about how do I look? How do I, you know, fit into the camera? Do I look okay with the frame? And, you know, how are people going to perceive me trying to do a lifestyle video? So I think the only way to deal with it is the way I've been dealing with my work, which is just give it a shot and (laughs) accept the results the way they are. That's a very good approach too. You can only try and it's, it's a very good saying I heard somewhere uh, which said, you would never know if you don't try. Yes. So anything that's out of my comfort zone is always like, give it a shot and see how it goes. Nice. I think, yeah, we need to learn a lot from that too. <laughs> I, I think my, my full-time job actually has a lot to do with that. Um, okay. so kind that of an helps attitude. you yeah. in the act you run your approach to yeah. different things, right? Yeah. Because I started off as an external auditor mm-hmm. at a firm called EY, Ernst okay. Young. It's yes. part of one of the big four audit firms. Yes. And I was at a client-facing job that where my clients changed mm-hmm. like almost every two weeks or two months. Okay. So I was constantly put out of my comfort zone because one day I would audit like a pharmaceutical company, next day I'm at like a construction company, <laughs> and the next day it's like an IT company. And okay. I don't know these industries, but I was expected to go to the audit. And that's how it worked there. So I think working out of my comfort zone comes a lot from my full-time job. Right. That's great. Cool. So name any three of your favorite tools that you use to create content. It could be anything. Uh, So first thing, I learned it from a fellow blogger that... uh, it works the best when you create your videos directly on Instagram. Yes. Apparently, the algorithm is more friendly yes. to you. <laughs> so, I do a lot of my content directly on Instagram. Right. Uh, the second one I use is VN. Um, okay. VN is like my go-to app to uh, do transitions or mm-hmm. do like any kind of edits in mm-hmm. terms of slowing down right. the videos and all mm-hmm. of that. 
Um, I think that's it. These are pretty much the two apps I use and that's it. I don't really experiment. If you look at my videos, they're quite simple. I yes. don't do a lot of transitions because I focus more on the messaging. Mm-hmm. And I keep the appearance in a way that it's more absorb, uh, absorbable. Like people can look at it and register. I think that's right. my intent. So when you look at a video, are you able to look at the clips and just register what it's showing? Because it's just a 30 second video yes. and you've got to like convey the entire messaging in your 30 seconds. So I focus more on my content, what I'm and the narration. I've heard a lot of your content. Like yeah. You give a lot of emphasis on the way you narrate. Yeah. So tell me about that. Like how do you do it? Um, so I actually do scripting before okay. I do the nar- narration. Okay. It's not like an on-spot thing that I just think okay. and say. I actually write down what I say. Okay. Um, and I write down in a way that, um, you know, it's very basic. What they mm-hmm. talk, what your English teacher taught you in school. There's introduction, <laughs> there's body, right. there's conclusion. Yes. So you just make the introduction captivating enough that people okay. see beyond the three seconds okay. of the start of your video. Right. And then... I think the entire messaging for me is focused on the story of the place. Right. So the first thing I ask when I, okay, I think other bloggers don't listen to this. Okay. <laughs> but when I go to a place, I think the first question mm-hmm. I ask them is, uh, what is the intention of your menu? Or what is the intention of your place? Okay. What is the USB of your place? What Some people have a good That's story. That's a good perspective. Yes. If you don't know the nitty-gritties, if you don't know the inside mm-hmm. story, I really don't think I would be able to give the narration I'm giving right. today because I don't like to just go to a place and go like, oh, the appetizers are amazing, the main course is amazing, <laughs> the desserts were fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. no, I, I think there's beyond that to food. Right. Um, and I love places that have stories. So I really like to bring out the story. Right. Yeah. There is an aspect of storytelling in your food content yeah. creation as well. Yeah. That's great. It's a good integration. <laughs> Try not. Yes. <laughs> so what is one thing you wish you had known when you just started off like back in 2019 like regarding yeah. content creation and all of that I back then it was not a thing but still yeah I think that's that's something I want to know even now right. how the hell does the algorithm work <laughs> can someone tell me please I was going to ask you that <laughs> can someone tell me I think that's still a question for me because okay. I don't think I've broken the algorithm okay yeah. have you able, like have you been ever able to like decode it or sort of have you sat down watch videos from the stand okay i haven't i've, I've maybe observed um okay. you know what kind of content runs mm-hmm. at what time in the okay. day or what time in the mm-hmm. week um i've looked at um you know stats of my own account to okay. figure this out what works what doesn't work mm-hmm. No, I haven't really done anything else. Okay. <laughs> All I know is consistency. So I'm right. pretty I think much this one thing everybody does. We consist- stay consistent. The algorithm will take care of itself. But I, I feel like mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who are consistent. It doesn't work. Okay. I think what any social media platform needs you to be is consistently creative. Okay. That's yeah. A new yeah. When people were like consistent, I'm right. like, I know a lot of people who post mm-hmm. a reel every day. But I don't think that is necessarily going to give you the traction. Right. Do you think quality is somewhere compromised for consistency? For sure. sure. Like, if you ask me if I Mm -hmm. didn't have to make a video every day Mm -hmm. versus I had to make one a week, I would do transitions. I would do color grading. (laughs) I would work so much more on the video. Right. Uh, But what I don't compromise on is the messaging. 
So what has been your biggest challenge to grow on Instagram? Because you have been here for around 14-15 months after yeah. the break. Yeah. So what has been the biggest challenge? Like initially probably you weren't growing and how do you I feel about like followers? Like right. I think for a good six months I think yes. it was just backward. Right. And I was posting twice a day. I put like a reel in the morning, a post in the evening, reel in the morning, okay. post in the evening. So that's that's what fourteen postings a week, oh, oh, and right. all that happened was uh, losing followers. So I think sometimes the algorithms the biggest challenge. Um, no matter what you do, I know a lot of content creators who do amazing job, yes. like very creative. Like there's a page mm-hmm. by Zafir. Yes, I know Zafir. Like his edits are so epic. Yes. But I feel like numbers are not friendly. So mm-hmm. um, although numbers is not the priority, mm-hmm. it can be discouraging. Yes, definitely. You know, like I said, that's recognition, right? Right. Yeah. So I think algorithms the <laughs> Everything else can be dealt with. Right. Okay. So monetization on social media platforms has been quite the top of town, or like yeah. in at least in the content creation sphere. Right. How has your experience been with brand deals, barter deals, partnerships, and all yeah. that? It's quite daunting because okay. um, one, I think when you especially go on these different launches or blogger mm-hmm. tables, everyone's like oh, I got this deal or I got that deal. And, you know, it's like a corporate world. Oh. <laughs> Where there's like so much noise and talk. Okay. And, you know, at some point you're like, oh my God, peer pressure. But um, I, I've i always worked on Instagram in parallel with how I worked with my full-time job. Yes. And because my career has been, uh, you know, something that really helped me grow, uh, you know, physically, mentally, financially, yes. my full-time job was extremely nice to me. I apply the same ethics here right. and I said, hey, I'm not going to rush into mm-hmm. give me 20,000, give me 40,000. I'm like, let me prove my quality. Mm-hmm. I'm not go- I still did not approach the brand. I don't write emails to brands saying, hey, do you want me to help you out? No. Um, I was like, I'll do good work. Okay. Let them come to me. Right. Until date, that's how it's been. Um, I've had a bit of a struggle when it mm-hmm. came to commercials. I think I was undercoating so much that I once remember um, there was a very famous coffee chain that approached okay. me. It was a campaign. Okay. Um, and, you know, they approached me saying, you know, here's a campaign for, I mean, I can, I think I can tell it's Starbucks. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, I quoted like so low um, and I was so naive and I said, you know, if it's too much, let me know, we can negotiate. He started laughing in my face and he was like, all right, I'll get back to you. And he never got back to me because I realized I underquoted like crazy. Okay. And there were people who were having lesser followers than me who were probably charging double or triple of what I quoted. Right. And that for me was like such an eye opener. And I said, oh, uh, I thought I was being sweet to undercoat, but I lost deals because I was undercoating. So um, I think it does require you to be smart. Right. That's, and it requires you to be very aware of what's happening in the market. Mm -hmm. Uh, But off late, touch wood, it's been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it's only because of uh, consistent creativity. 
and you also have learned it the hard way how to code it right i still don't think i'm uh doing great on right. coding i still know like compared to like people who have similar following mm-hmm. i'm probably coding lesser but i feel it's okay i right. feel like you know uh goodwill and good mm-hmm. relationships yes. go a longer way than you know just temporary deals of greater value mm-hmm. yeah. yes so do you draw inspiration because you're a food blogger yeah. do you draw inspiration from anybody like anyone not one person okay uh, at least not from the food blogging mm-hmm. world i think another interesting one is if you look at my bio i've said premium uh, yes, food same. travel lifestyle yes. so when i started off with that niche a lot of people told me like why why would you do that why would you only focus on like premium stuff like the thing that really runs on instagram is like local food street food yes. and like i know people who go like do a gobi reel and you know you yeah. get like 2 million <laughs> but i was like uh again numbers were not my priority i was like right. quality yes. quality uh, so food i cannot say i was inspired because mm-hmm. i feel like i set a niche out for myself okay. i don't know too many people who've taken that risk right um in in that space of mm-hmm. food but when it comes to travel and lifestyle i think my biggest inspiration has been chili studio okay i just love the way she presents herself mm-hmm. um i think more than anything in her content i love how she speaks how she just uh, projects herself in front of the camera right i think she was one of the few people that made me realize that the way you carry yourself makes a probably 10 times more difference to right. your real compared to you know you just show the food and that's it like i think she was one person who inspired me to show myself okay and the videos that's great so i want to understand like everybody mostly has an ultimate goal in life this is yeah. what i want to achieve and then i'm like all set so do you have one such goal too absolutely not <laughs> oh, okay. so this is interesting cuz a couple of years ago um, mm-hmm. we were having a discussion right. in my team at work mm-hmm. uh, over a few drinks in a vacation and okay. everybody is like what's your retirement plan mm-hmm. i don't have one like okay. i know for a fact that mm-hmm. i will be working till the last day of my okay. life so okay i don't think there's a retirement plan okay i don't know i think if i can just sit doing nothing okay so no. so apart from that do you have goal posts like i want to achieve this yeah like the basic ones you would if if it shall yeah absolutely i think the one goal i was actually telling my mom yesterday because i got a visa to a country i'm going to travel okay i looked at like i have two passports and i looked at that and i said i want this to be like 10 one day telling <laughs> <laughs> so that's my goal okay that's yeah. that's, nice. that's, yeah. that's a completely different and unique Yeah, these are passports. Like, I want to be like walking at the, you know, flight counter and going like, "This is my passport." Like, What the hell? Yeah, wait, that's a really cool one though. <laughs> like, so what advice do you have for aspiring creators who are just starting out? Like, what is your advice? I think I've already said it. Consistent creativity. Right. Nothing yes. basic. There's no shortcut. Any other thing that you want to? Like I would I would say like um, it can be very frustrating and it can mm-hmm. be very uh, a pressurized situation because you yes. hear a lot of people giving you different kind of advices like yes. it's like marriage right hundred people mm-hmm. are telling you hundred opinions about the groom to be <laughs> you're like who do you listen 
into what is more important in life. Yeah. So I would say like cut the noise and focus on what you are good at. Right. And just stick to that. Like stop listening to a zillion opinions. Okay. That's a very good one. <laughs> so that's we are done with one segment of our podcast. So let's move to the more fun and interesting part. Let's do this. They are the what if questions. Okay. So we have five questions in total. Okay. You can get all the creator to answer them. I'm like, not a very creative person. You but just don't be creative. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to shoot questions at you. Okay. Cool. Let's start. Are you ready? I think so. Yes. <laughs> if you had to switch your career tomorrow, which job would you choose and why? Yeah. I hope my boss is not listening no, to me. <laughs> Yeah, content creation. Content creation. Yeah, I think that's sure. something you love doing too. Yeah, doing it privately. Right? Yeah, um, you know my husband's offered mm-hmm. started marketing. So okay, I would love to help him out. So stay, stick to the mm-hmm. industry of F and B, and yeah, okay. do something. Yeah, that, that's something acceptable too, I guess. Yes. Yes. Content creation. As long as my boss is not watching this. <laughs> right. So if you could have any talent or skill instantly, what would it be and why? Um, eat and not become fat. <laughs> it's all of us. It's all of us. I'm sorry, but being a food content creator yeah. demands for this skill. Mm. Um, so like my brother, his mm. metabolism is mad. Like he could eat <laughs> ten times of what I eat and he wouldn't gain weight, right? right. So I think metabolism. Agree <laughs> too. <laughs> so if you could live in any time period, would you choose the past or the future? Present. Present. Wow, that's a very good <laughs> present. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, like I said. Mm-hmm. I said it but I mean it I live by the day okay. which is probably why I don't have retirement mm-hmm. plans and what I'll do like 10 years from now I, I hate that question in interviews where do you see yourself in 5 years Okay. like dude if I knew that I wouldn't be here okay. <laughs> that's what I would say cool so if you could live in uh, like if you could wear only one color for the rest of your life what would it be I think you're just gonna laugh at me yeah do you wanna guess no <laughs> It's so no, it's a girl thing. Yeah, no, not the girl thing. I I was gonna say black. It is black. <laughs> I think a lot of boys do like black too. I don't know about boys, but I think girls love black because you know it yeah. hides the curves. <laughs> oh. So didn't think of that. I said black is like a classic color. It is. It goes so, with everything. It goes with everything. It. Um. In fact, there was a comment mm-hmm. on one of my posts a couple of months ago where I said. Uh, don't you think you wear a little too much of white and black are they your favorite colors and I'm really? like yeah I was like yes black white and blue are <laughs> my favorite colors would you have uh, would you rather have a part to heal or the part to read minds part to heal right absolutely yeah. I mean I think having the power to read minds mm-hmm. You better be like the smartest person on earth to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's going to be so traumatizing for the person. I don't want to know. Like, I think I've even told my husband, like, mm-hmm. if you want to hide certain things so I'm not stressed out, go for it. <laughs> I am definitely not like right. other people who goes like, oh, I want 100% honesty and be 100% open. Okay. Um... I prioritize peace over everything. Yeah, I think we chose the right one to heal other <laughs> Right. So we're done with the what fun else? segment too. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. 
So that was the end of the podcast. Thank you for sharing such great insights with all of us. It was great talking to you, Nitha. Wishing you only good things and love to see more of your content. Irrespective of category, anything you create, we are there for you, and we love you as much as we do right now. Right? Keep educating us. Keep giving us amazing recommendations. And wishing you good luck for all your future endeavors. Thank you so much, Devi. This was super fun. You will, you made me super comfortable. So hope uh, this was a good one. But thank you so much for having me here. It was amazing thank having you. this chat. With thank you. you for agreeing thank to come you. over here. Right. So and to all of you out there, that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future topics, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us on our website or social media channels. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review to help us reach more listeners. Until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and keep exploring the world around you. This is Devi along with Vinita signing off. Thank you for tuning in.